Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hello and welcome automotive world. This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host today. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Uh, I've got a pretty interesting one here today uh, that I just recently dealt with this past week. This week will be a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm getting ready to head up north for the 4th of July Independence Day weekend. Uh, so this will be brief, but still uh, no less interesting. This is actually probably one of the stranger issues that I have seen on a vehicle. Just because of the way the symptoms presented themselves and uh, not much direction. And I, I got a little help to solve this one, I'll be totally honest. But hey, I'll, I'll take a little bit of help here and there. <laughs> we, we all need that from time to time. So let's get into it. Here's the vehicle. Here's the scenario. We have a 2016 Chevrolet Cruze with a 1.4 liter turbo GDI engine. Uh, this vehicle also has the auto start or auto stop feature. And this is the feature where if you meet all the correct criteria, you know, engines warm enough, doors are closed, hood shut, all, there's a whole list of criteria. But if you meet all those criteria, you come up to a stop and the engine will actually shut off on its own you know, commanded by the computer, as long as you are on the brake pedal. And as soon as you release that brake pedal, the engine starts. And by the time you hit the gas pedal, the car is ready to go. This is all in the interest of fuel savings. That's the whole idea behind that system. They've become much more popular over the last few years across a number of manufacturers, one of those being Chevrolet and this particular Chevrolet Cruze. Uh, I do bring that up. That does have something to do with it, and we'll get there. But here's why I was called in to look at this vehicle. This vehicle had, again, a 1.4 liter turbo engine, the engine had just been replaced. They actually tried to disassemble it, took the head off. I don't even know what they found that was wrong with the old one, but it was determined that they needed an engine. So they got a used engine for it. They put it in. After they put this engine in, it starts, it runs, but their issue that they are unable to solve at this point is that there is no power steering assist. Now, this vehicle uses electric steering, so there's a 12-volt electric motor down on the rack itself that is going to assist you in turning the wheel when the engine's running, so you get that power steering assist. There's no hydraulic pump. It is electric. They can't get this to work. Also, there's no codes. There's no lights on. The power steering just doesn't work, and that's what they called me in for. So I jump in. I look at it, confirm the issue, of course, um, I, I did get some information from them as well. You always want to ask as many questions as you can. Uh, maybe I didn't ask enough, but sometimes you don't know <laughs> you don't know the right questions to ask up front. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and next time I will be asking some more specific questions. But the information I did get was, of course, that this engine was replaced with a used one. So before I really get into anything, I'm thinking, okay, this problem almost has to be man-made. 
they created this issue, very doubtful that it was there before. Always possible, but I my mind is going towards what could they have forgotten, what could they have done wrong. That's the way my mind's thinking at this point. So again, I confirm we don't have any power steering assist, and you can turn that wheel and uh, nothing happens. I can communicate with the power steering control module, which is also located down on the rack. I guess you could consider it probably the rack itself, but it's a control module just like everything else on a car, and it has the data stream, has everything that's going on, and there's no codes in it. There's a couple of relearn procedures, uh, and I performed those relearn procedures. The shop actually told me, the tech told me that they did those relearn procedures as well to no avail, and no codes, no indication that anything's wrong. It just doesn't work. And I should also mention, I did an auto scan of this entire vehicle. So what I did is I went through each control module on the whole vehicle and everything that I expected to be there showed up and nothing had codes in it, not a single DTC. And again, you could start this engine, it'll run and there's no codes in it anywhere, particularly the power steering module, because that's what I'm after. That's my focus at this point. So I'm looking at the data stream, and there's really not a whole lot in this data stream for the power steering control module. It seems to be responding as I move the wheel back and forth to the position and the torque sensor. All that seems to be there. And again, I can communicate with it, so I assume it can communicate with the other control modules. I looked up the diagram, and it's very simple as far as power and ground goes to this component. And actually, if you lift the vehicle up, there's one big connector that has the it's – a, it's a larger cable. I think it's an 80-amp fuse for this power steering motor. Obviously, you need some torque uh, to assist – the steering in a vehicle, but I had power and ground there. So, you know, I got power and ground in my module and I can talk to it. So I'm looking at the data stream just to see if anything's out of place, what's missing here. Now, the one thing that I notice is that the voltage to the control module is low. So I only have about 11 and a half, 11.7 volts as this thing is running. Okay, I've got the engine running and immediately I think, okay, I've got one of two issues here maybe the alternator isn't actually charging the in the vehicle the battery that's a possibility why there's no warning indicators on the dash that would indicate it that i don't know but that's a possibility or maybe this module is receiving a lower voltage than it should now my thought process here is if you were to just key up a vehicle with electric power steering and try to turn the wheel, you're not going to get any assist. Now whether that's an input that the engine's running or the system voltage is too low, I guess that probably depends on the vehicle, but this is the way I'm thinking. Okay, I see something that's wrong that could potentially cause the power steering assist to not function. Now again, I'm thinking there should be a code for this, but you know, there's there's not. That's that's the fact of it. So now I need to decide is the control module receiving less voltage than it should or is the alternator not actually charging the system? So the easy check there to make is just system voltage. Okay, I want to see what is the system voltage as this thing's running and it is exactly what it says on this control module in the data stream that I'm only 11 and some change when I should be up 13, 14 volts as this thing's running and charging. 
So where do we go from here? Um, I'm going to kind of leave the power steering at this point because I want to figure out why isn't this vehicle charging. Let's get this thing charging and then maybe that power steering is going to come back up. Again, I don't know why there's not an indicator on the dash that the system is not charging where it's supposed to. Um, the other things I noticed about this time, just because I'm in the vehicle and messing around with it, I also noticed that there was an idle surge every so often. So the engine speed would jump up and then it would come back down. And then it'd be another uh, 30, 40 seconds. It would jump up, surge, and then it'd come back down. And again, I didn't really have an idea of what was going on with that. I mean, they just replaced this engine. So who knows if there's any other issues. Again, no codes to help me out anywhere. I also noticed that if you put this thing into gear, into drive or reverse, engine stalls immediately. Okay, again, some, maybe something to do with the stalling. Maybe they got a big vacuum leak. I, I really don't know at this point. But I want to stay focused. Uh, I'll keep that stuff in mind, but I want to stay focused on this alternator. I want to see why is the system not charging. So I do my basic checks. Uh, you know, Again, I'm looking for man-made stuff, so I want to get a visual on this alternator, make sure the big thick cable is connected uh, that is actually going to send the current to the electrical system and that is connected it's tight it's it's on there the way it's supposed to be the smaller connector is plugged into the alternator and on this system it's just two wires and one is basically a command from the pcm to say hey charge the system to this voltage gives it a percentage and then there's a feedback and you can actually see this as a, a data stream item in the PCM. If you go in there with the scan tool, you can see the uh, the output or at least the commanded output, and then you can see the uh, feedback from that alternator. And it seems to be reading right. It seemed a little low. Uh, it was only about twenty percent that it was seemed to be charging, which. Under a normal circumstance, I guess I'm not too worried if it's only 20% if that's what the PCM wants, but the system voltage isn't even above 12, so shouldn't this thing be trying to full field itself? Well, what I did here was I actually unplugged the small connector on the alternator, and as soon as I did that, you could hear the alternator kind of come to life, kind of that high-pitched whining that an alternator makes. We're all pretty familiar with that. And it starts charging. I start getting above 13 volts on this thing. And a lot of alternators are designed this way. If they lose their command in any way, it's just a default to keep charging the battery. And there'll be a code, there'll be a light on, something like that. But uh, the alternator can keep charging when there's a disconnect. Now, I can't say that's always true. You know, on older stuff, it's direct commands that the the PCM or whatever control module is sending. And if it gets unplugged, it may not charge. But we're seeing this a lot, especially on alternators that use a LIN bus. If they're disconnected from that LIN bus, they'll actually go into a default charging state, which this one did. So I know the alternator is capable of charging the system, but for some reason it's not. And I'm a little lost at this point, and I don't really know where to go, so I'm going to sit back and think about this. So just to recap my symptoms that I've got, I've got no power steering assist. The alternator isn't charging the system, but I'm not sure if this is by command or what, what the reason is, but it's not charging. There's no lights on. There's no codes. It has an idle surge that's pretty repetitive, and it also stalls when it goes into gear. I'm not really sure which direction to go. So in this case, 
I'm going to look for a little bit of help. I'm going to do a little bit of research and see if there's anything out there that can point me in the right direction. Otherwise, you could be here all day testing stuff. And I might have been if it wasn't for a guy on IATN. If you're not familiar with IATN.net, they have a massive archive of uh, a number of fixes and discussions relating to vehicle repair. And there's a guy named Jason Schneider. And Jason, if you're out there listening somehow or another, uh, thank you. You saved my butt on this one. He actually ran into the same issue. And this really helped me out, saved me a lot of time. And he had the exact same scenario that I did. He actually noticed a few other things like the rear defrost and the heated seats in this particular application that were not working as well. But everything else that I mentioned, he had the exact same scenario. And I love seeing that. I'm like, okay, well, here we go. Silver bullet time. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I like to try to figure out these issues by myself whenever I can. But to be totally honest, I don't know that I'd necessarily make the connection here that he ended up finding out. He struggled through it and he eventually found out what the problem was. Well, he had the same scenario as me. Engine had been replaced. Okay. And what he ended up finding out is the crankshaft sensor from the used engine. Okay. So you get a used engine. A lot of things are bolted up in there. One of those being the crankshaft sensor. This is towards the rear of the engine, the tone wheels on the back of the crankshaft and the Crankshaft sensor goes in through the block on the rear side, and they just left that crankshaft sensor in that block from the used engine. Okay, so this engine came out of another Chevy Cruze, was bolted into this, and the crankshaft sensor was never moved. Well, that ended up being the cause of all these issues. He found after he put in the crankshaft sensor that was originally equipped in that vehicle everything came back to life immediately and started working. And he had the same scenario as me, no codes, no DTCs set in any control module indicating there's an issue, even though there's all kinds of issues going on. So as soon as I saw that, I questioned the the tech and the owner of the shop. I was like, did you guys swap the crank sensor? And they said, no, it's sitting over there on the table. I was like, well, let's throw it in there quick. And I got a funny look and I can't blame them. I probably would have shook my head as well. And uh, we pulled it out. They look exactly the same, these two crankshaft sensors. The only difference was the part number was actually different. And one has a plus sign on them and one has an O on the sensor. I can't say that's true for all of them, but these two did. So we put the original crankshaft sensor in there, the one that came equipped with that vehicle, and we took out the one that was in the used engine, and we start this thing up, and everything works perfectly. Got power steering, systems charging, doesn't surge anymore, doesn't stall when you put it into gear. Sweet, we fixed it. Um, You can't ask for anything better than that. Really, really strange the way these symptoms came on based off of a crankshaft sensor. And it's not like it didn't work at all. I mean, the engine started, the engine ran, and it didn't set any codes for any sort of crankshaft sensor. What What's happening here? I wish I would have gotten some scope captures, but it's just one of those things where it's a busy day and they want to get this thing going and we did, 
we didn't have time. They didn't want to take the time to put the old one back in and start scoping it and compare it to a new one. I would have loved to have do, done that and see what what is the difference because that was the key. That was what all this was centering around was the engine speed signal coming out of this crankshaft sensor. And what the PCM does is it sends this engine speed signal out to other control modules on the bus. One of those being power steering control module. And of course, the PCM itself controls the alternator. Now, in Jason's case, you know, he mentioned cooling fans and heated seats and rear defrost. Uh, It's possible there's some sort of load shedding going on. I will say I wish I had all the answers, but here's the difference. Here's what I found on the the crank sensors because the engine was out of the same year Chevy Cruze. The difference is what I mentioned about this vehicle at the start is that it has an auto start feature or an auto stop feature. And the crankshaft sensor is different for these two applications, for one vehicle that does not have it and one that does. Automatic or manual transmission doesn't matter, but the auto stop feature matters as far as the crankshaft sensor. They'll bolt up, they'll go in there. Now, the one thing I wasn't able to find out was the reluctor ring. And I actually didn't ask them about this. I was just thinking about it later after I had left. I don't know if they swapped the reluctor ring from the original engine or if it's the used engine. I'm really not too sure on that one. Now, what it is, it actually has a magnetic encoder ring that is placed onto the back of the crankshaft, and then the crankshaft sensor reads off of that. And they even say in the service information, make sure you don't place it near any magnetic fields. You can disrupt that encoder ring. But there must be some difference for the auto stop feature. And it makes sense. You know, you you need a really accurate crankshaft signal for the auto stop feature because that engine is always going to be starting and stopping, starting and stopping. And even this, think about if an engine hasn't completely stopped and the customer or the driver decides to take their foot off the brake and put it on the gas before an engine has even completely stopped spinning. So we do need an accurate sensor. So for one reason or another, it's different with the auto stop features. But I'll tell you what, how how is there no code in any control module set for this when so many things were not working the way they were supposed to? I mean, a s- surging, stalling in gear, no power steering, the electrical system's not charging, and the charging light wasn't even on. And all of this stuff was remedied as soon as we plugged in the correct crank sensor. So a very, very strange, weird one that, uh, quite honestly, I don't have all the answers to. Maybe one of you does. Maybe one of you has more knowledge on that those systems than I do, and you can share it with us. Uh, if you do, check out our Facebook group. Just search Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. I'll have a link in the show notes. And uh, if you got any ideas on that, please share But I thought this was a very interesting one, and I wanted to share this with everybody. But that is about it for today. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Let's get out there, fix the world one car at a time.